Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. If it's your first time tuning in with us, my name is Pastor JR. It's nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. And I'll be giving today's word. And so I was thinking about it. And Erica, won't you believe it? It's been three years since we relaunched Elevate. It's been three years already. And I think about looking back in 2017 and looking to now, I'm probably preaching around the same date that I did my first message in Philippians 3. And it's really weird. Like, it's weird how fast time goes. Like, right now, you guys aren't here, but my wife's sitting in the front row, you know, supporting me. She's like, so I don't feel awkward, you know, preaching to a camera. But I think about the goodness of God. I think about how good he's been in my life and how faithful he's been. And I think about, you know, three years ago, we said yes to ministry, you know, we had a good job and everything was going good. But now we're, we're, we're youth pastors in a pandemic. We're youth pastors and we're about to welcome our second child, my wife. If y'all ain't seen her in a minute, she's pregnant, pregnant right now. She's like ready to have this baby. But I just thank God for his faithfulness today. I thank God to be able to still be preaching on the same platform three years later. God has been good in my life. And I believe today that God can be good to you too. Now, I'm not going to be up here long, and I promise you guys, all my youth that are like, every preacher says that, you know, you're not up there for very long. But I promise, look, I'm a youth pastor. I don't preach long. I got, I got a solid 25, 30 minutes in me. But anyways, we're going to get straight to the word. Regardless of the length of time, regardless of what's going on, the word of God will be preached. Amen? Amen. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. And in production team, if we can get the lights up. Feels a little awkward. <laughs> Matthew chapter 19. If you don't have your Bibles, look on your screens. I encourage you guys during today's day and age, while everything is being manipulated, make sure that you have a physical copy of the Word of God. Get yourself a physical Bible. Y'all know good and well you're on Amazon every day. Order yourself a Bible. But turn with me to Matthew chapter 19, starting from verse 16. And some of you guys might be familiar with this story. It's a point in time where the rich young ruler, if you've heard about him before, he's not a rapper. It's not the rich young ruler like, you know, rich young thug, whatever it may be. This is not that kind of person. But this guy had status. This guy had been raised up with an ideology. He was an intelligent guy. They say he could have been a lawyer or somebody of power. This wasn't any regular old guy. He wasn't stupid. He wasn't dumb. He was intelligent. He knew what, 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 what. He should be doing in his life. He knew he had everything under control for the most part. He was rich. He had money. He had status. So, so what can you tell a guy that knows everything? You know what I'm saying? What can you tell a guy that knows everything? We're about to find out. Matthew chapter 19, starting from verse 16. It reads, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? We're already starting off messed up. It says, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. 
He says to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I've kept since my youth, Jesus, what do I lack? I'm perfect, Jesus. I've been doing all these things since I've been young. What else could I possibly do? I'm good, Jesus. He says, Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Somebody said he had great possessions. Now the title of this morning's message, you guys, is when good meets the gospel. The title of today's message is When Good Meets the Gospel. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that I get out of the way, that my nerves get out of the way, God, and that you speak through me, Lord, that you are the one that deciphers the word for us, Lord God. Spirit, be with us today, Lord. You are the only one that can give us understanding. So I'm praying that you get the increase today, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When good meets the gospel. I have a confession to make. You see, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but when I do, I watch me some TV. Now, 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 that might not make a whole lot of sense to you guys, but like, I'm the type of person that when I find a show that I like, I will sit there and binge watch the show for the whole day. Anybody else out there that binge watches shows like that? Like, let me, let me share with you guys my problem. Like, listen, like, I had found this show that, like, I had really, really liked one day. I was playing video games with my boys. We were playing Call of Duty. I got off. It was late. I was still up. Man, let me, let me, let me go on Amazon. I found a show. When I tell you that each episode is an hour and a half to an hour, and I watched all 10 of those episodes in one sitting, listen, I'm, I'm just trying to be real with you guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you guys that I'm not perfect either, Okay. But, but I have that kind of personality. Like, look, when I find a show I like, I'm going to watch that show. I'm going to watch that show. Now, there's a particular show. You guys may have seen it. It just recently ended this year. But there's a show that I like to watch. Now, I'm not saying it's theologically sound. I'm not saying that, that you should live by this show. But what I am saying is entertainment. And listen, if you guys are getting all caught up at the fact that how Hollywood and how the world is misinterpreting Jesus, stop letting Hollywood determine your theology. So it's important, rather than get offended, we're not going to be offended at the, what the world does because the world is in darkness and doesn't comprehend the spirit. So anyways, I was watching this show, and it's entertaining. It's funny to me because I, I, it's funny to me how the world tries to interpret Jesus, and I find it entertaining because you don't know how wrong you are. This is hilarious to me. But anyways, this show is called The Good Place. Anybody ever seen The Good Place before? Now, if you haven't seen this show, the show is super funny. It's not the most appropriate show, but it's hilarious to me. Simply in the fact that here's the whole premise of the show. You have four people, right? These four people wake up in the afterlife. Oh, we made it to the good place. Everything's good. You have, you have a, a philosopher that makes it into, to, into the good place. You have a, a Buddhist monk that makes it into a good place. I'm like, okay, Buddhist made it into heaven, but okay. Anyways, then we have a philanthropist that has done all these great things and given millions and millions of dollars that made it into heaven. And then you have the main character. Now, the main character wakes up in the good place, and she's like, I'm not supposed to be here. 
I, I, I didn't do enough good things to get here. I, I didn't do enough good things like, like the philosopher that was teaching people how to be moral. I didn't do good things like that. I didn't do good things like this Buddhist who happens to turns out not to be a Buddhist, but some guy from Jacksonville, Florida that was posing to be a Buddhist. That's another story. I didn't do good things like this Buddhist guy did. Well, well, I didn't do good things like this philanthropist did. She gave millions and millions of dollars to the sick and the needy. I didn't do good enough to get into this place. And here we arrive in scripture where this young man comes and he's like, look, what good things can I do to get eternal life? What good things can I do to get into heaven? And here comes the gospel. Not good things, not things that we can put on a list. Here comes the gospel. It wasn't an ideology. It wasn't a way of thinking. The gospel is Jesus Christ. So this is what's important, you guys. It's, it's, it's not good things that get us into heaven. It is not doing philanthropy that gets us into heaven. It's not feeding the sick that gets us into heaven. But it is by Jesus Christ that gets us into heaven. It was his sacrifice and not our own. We got ourselves into this mess and we can't get ourselves out. So we come to this point in Scripture where, where, where we have this ideology, this human ideology that if we are good, we are good if we do good. That we are good if we do good things. Now, 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 this isn't an ideology that is just shared by Christians. It is shared by people around the world. It's an ideology of man that, that I am good if I do good. As a matter of fact, that that's, that's the, the whole basis in which we do our voting on, is it not? Am I telling on us? That, that if a person is morally right in our eyes, if he seems to be standing for the morally right thing, then I'm going to vote for him. If he seems to be standing for the virtues that I stand for, then I'm going to vote for him. But listen, it, just like, like Dr. John said a couple weeks ago, we are not voting for, for, for Democrat or Republican. We're voting with the virtues of Jesus Christ. So don't fall for the people that claim to be Christians. Oh, yeah, I do good things. I, I, I do all these things. I believe that we should do this and do that. Like, no, allow the Spirit to guide your decisions. Allow Jesus Christ's standards to guide your decisions. See, we have this ideology, like I said again, if we are good, if, when, we, when we call ourselves good, it's because we do good things. But, but for many different people, good can mean different things. Am I right? What is good? What is the standard for good? See, good to me not be, might be good to you. See, a number two from Chick-fil-A with, with an Otto Palmer, yes, with sweet tea, might be good to me, but maybe you like chicken nuggets. What's good to me not, might not be good to you. You see, you see for some people, the, 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 the hairy topic is, well, should we vote for somebody that's for abortion or against abortion? What, what's good? Or, or maybe you're in the situation, well, 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 well maybe, you know, it's okay if, if, if you guys... You guys stay with each other. I know you're not married, but it's okay for you guys to live with each other because, you know, everything is going to work out. That's good. Or maybe you have this ideology where it changes all these different things. Like, for instance, we were, I was talking with family just recently, and we were saying, like, things aren't real to you until it happens to you. You know what I'm saying? So you might have a strong stance against something until it happens to you. You might think that COVID is fake until one of your family members gets COVID. You, you might be somebody that, that's strongly against homosexuality until you find out that your son is, is, is homosexual. So, so what is the standard of good? 
We, we have to come to this realization that, that the only thing good, the only thing that we can reference for a standard is God. Because there's too much variance. What you believe is good and what I believe is good is two different things. And so I was thinking about it. I grew up in the era of, of the Kobe Bryants and the Vince Carters and all these different people, right? The dunk contest. That dunk contest, I think it was in 2000, where, where Carter put his arm in the rim. Now, now, let me give you guys an illustration for just a second. Let's say, for instance, that we just went by this whole ideology that, you know, my termination and ideology of good is, is, is the same as yours or, you know, you know, accept your truth and all these different things. So say, for instance, that we have a dunk contest, and if you guys don't watch basketball, the standard for dunking, the, 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 the rim is at 10 feet. It's at 10 feet. Now, imagine for just a second, if we went by this whole ideology of, man, we are good if we do good, man, whatever your standard is, live by your standard. Say, for instance, Vince Carter comes up, jumps, and dunks on 10 feet. Now, next thing we know, we have somebody else that comes up and is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, Steve can't jump as high. So we'll make the standard a little bit lower for him so that he can dunk. We can't, we, we can't have that, that, that kind of standard. We can't have a variance of standard. There has to be a standard in what goodness is. Because what's good to us today might not be good to us tomorrow. What might seem right to us today might not seem right to us tomorrow. Where, 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 this, where the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says, look, what good thing can I do to get into, into uh, uh, eternal life? Jesus is like, look, first off, why are you calling me good? Because whatever your definition of good is, isn't good enough. Because if the standards keep changing, then, then, then there, there, there is no standard. There has to be a standard. There has to be a way. There has to be a truth. There has to be a life. There has to be a definition of love. There has to be a definition. So, so rather than, than, than living in a world where it's like, well, we'll live your truth. Well, love is love. What, what does that mean? What does love is love mean? That's not what the word of God tells us. Love isn't just love. God is love. God is the definition of love. He, 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 he is the thing that is the standard in our lives. So we, we recognize that, that, that good, only one person is good, and that's God. But he says, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. So here's, here's where he goes. He's like, oh. You want me to do good things? I've been doing good things my whole life. I got this under control. But God is like, God was trying to point him to something. He wasn't trying to point him into doing more good things. He was trying to point him back to him. And I want you guys to realize something when we read, when we read the standard. When he talks about the, uh, the commandments, he says this. He says in verse 18, he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, obviously, those weren't all 10 of the commandments, right? Did I, did I count correctly? Do you guys realize that the commandments that were missing, he included all the commandments that included relationship with each other, right? But what he excluded, what he was trying to get him to come to the conclusion at is, is look, You've done everything right here. I need you to have a right relationship here. He, he, he missed out on the fact of, of, of not putting and raising up false gods. He excluded the fact that he's like, look, keep all these commandments and then you'll enter eternal life. He's like, look, you've gotten, you've gotten this part right. You've done the good things. You've done the right things here on earth. Now it's time to have the relationship between me and you, between God and yourself. 
So this is where it's going. He's saying, he said all these commandments, and the young man says, I'm like, look, I've kept all these things since my youth. He says, what do I lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. Now, this wasn't Jesus saying, like, look, go and do more good things. Go and do more good things to, to make yourself better, to make yourself good on your own standard. He says this, look, if you want to be perfect, lacking nothing, uh, uh, missing nothing at all, this is what you need to do. Get rid of all the things that are in your life and come and follow me. Come have a relationship with me. Come and, and be one with me. Because that thing that you are missing isn't more good things. It isn't more good deeds. What you're missing in your life, what you're lacking in your life is me. It's the gospel. It's not a thing in which we can get into heaven our own way. Because like I said before, if we all have our own standard of good, that must mean that there are many ways to heaven. Am I right? And that's not the standard in which we live by as believers. What we believe is that there's one way, that there's one truth, and that there's one life. There's one way to heaven. The word of God in John says, I am the door. He is the way in. Not only is he the door, but he is the shepherd. He is the one that is the way into him. He's the only way to, to, to see and, and to see eternal life. So it's important. Don't fall for, for all these false doctrines and false theologies that there are many ways to heaven. That's not the gospel. If you want to feel good, go ahead. Believe in that. If you want to make yourself feel better about yourself, if you want to be liked, go ahead and believe in that. The gospel is controversial. Why? Because it's the truth. And when we have so many different types of truth and the truth shows up, it, it, it can't do anything. It can't stand against the standard. Uh, my first point is this. There is no good without an absolute standard. There is no good without an absolute standard. He says in Matthew chapter 19, he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and, and, treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Here's an idea that I want to address for just a second is the human idea of I've proven myself to be good. I've proven myself to be good. I've been doing good things my whole life. I, I, I come to church, you know, I come and I sit in and, 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 and I, I do all these different things with the church. When, when the church goes out and feeds the homeless, I go feed the homeless. Uh, when it's Christmas time and it's time to go serve the community and give them toys and different things, I show up for that. I do all the good things, you know. I, st I started cussing a little bit less, you know. I started doing the good things. I started treating my wife a little better. I started doing all the good things. But, but, but we don't prove our own goodness. We don't prove our own righteousness. We were found righteous when Jesus Christ died on the cross. This is where good things meets the gospel. This is where all these works, works meets, meets the gospel, meets what the thing that we needed to, to meet our sin, to, to cleanse us of our sin, to pay for, for the wages of our sin. We, we can't prove ourselves to good. This is what Jesus says. He's like, look, you want to prove yourself to be good? Follow me. You want to prove yourself to be good? You want to prove yourself to, to, to be righteous? Come and follow me. I'll show you the road to righteousness. I'll show you to the, the path to success. I'll show you the path to eternal life. It starts with me. 
It starts by following me. If you want to be perfect, it didn't say if you want to be good. If you want to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, follow me. Our first point is this. There is no good without an absolute standard. And our next point is this. We lack the ability to meet that standard. We lack the ability to meet that standard. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 22, when he heard all this situation, when his good works didn't amount to anything, and God and Jesus showed him how to be perfect. This is what he did. It says, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He went away sorrowful. He went away because he's like, look, I'm hearing what you're saying. I want to be good, but not at the cost of giving up what I have in my life. Like Jesus, I, I want to live righteously, but I don't quite want to give up this addiction. Like, Jesus, I, I want to live righteously, but I don't quite want to give up this, this toxic relationship that I've been in for years. So, so here's what Jesus is saying. Like, look, if you, if you want to be good, there's a standard of good. Only God is good. If you want to prove yourself good, follow me. Follow in my footsteps. Follow in my righteousness. But here comes this young man thinking that he was good. He spent years and years thinking that he was doing the right thing, thinking that he was doing good things, but he comes to the realization that I'm not enough, that what I'm doing is not enough, that what I have, the thing, the, 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 the goodness that I have built up in myself is not enough, that he starts to realize that it wasn't just the goodness that he was lacking, it was the real righteousness that he was lacking. We lack the ability to meet the standard. And here's where many people fall, is where it says pride comes before destruction, right? Where pride comes before the fall, right? The haughty spirit comes before the fall, is that our response to the gospel cannot be pride. Our response to the gospel cannot be, okay, I got it all together, I'm just going to be Jesus plus, and I'll have this whole membership thing going on, and I'll live my life the way that I want to, plus Jesus, and then everything will be okay. That's not how it works. We don't live a life of pride. We don't live a life of pride in which we go, okay, I found the gospel, but I'm not good enough to live like the rest of the Christians, so I'm not going to go to church anymore because I don't want to be judged. That's not the way in which we should respond to the gospel. We have to respond to the gospel with humility. Not pride, but humility. It requires submission. It requires for you to let down the things that you thought were right and to accept the things of God. Not without God, but with God. There's too many of us that come in here and that make mistakes, and we've been, we've been coming to church, and then we leave church for a little while, and then we come back all, all sorrowful and teared up, and that's fine if, if you're in your emotions, but listen, you can be sorry all you want to, but without repentance, it would mean nothing. Have the alligator tears, that's fine. Be sorry for the things that you've done, that's fine, but without humility, without repentance, it means nothing. Like, 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 you ever seen a little kid get caught doing something that they weren't supposed to? Daddy, I'm sorry. No, you're just sorry you got caught. I don't know that from experience. Mariah never did that before. But we have to respond to the gospel in humility. We have this human idea that God is condemning me for my sin, that God came to condemn me for my sin but he's inviting you to be free from sin. It says in John chapter three, and I'm coming to a close. 
in John chapter 3. Everybody familiar with John chapter 3, 16? Even non-believers can read and know that verse. It says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love the follow-up. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Listen, I know that there have been judgmental people and I know that there are people that, that like to live and believe that they're righteous. This is one of the messed up things about church sometimes. We got too many people that think that they're righteous on their own standards. Not realizing that we've all fallen short. Not realizing that none of us are perfect. Not realizing that we are all lacking. Listen, when, when the gospel shows up, when Jesus shows up, he's not here condemning you. He is inviting you. Right now is not the time of judgment. He is inviting you into eternal life. So, so rather than you, you, you weighing out the scales and thinking, have I done enough good in order to gain eternal life? Have I done enough good in order to get into heaven? Have I done enough good in order to be a good person? No, you have not. There's not enough good that we can do. But Jesus did something good. Jesus made a sacrifice that was perfect and efficient, for, efficient enough for us, for us all. That when he died on the cross, when, 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 when he sacrificed himself for our sins, that's what made us righteous. Not only did he die, but he came back from the grave. So many people miss that point. Is that they think that, that, that living righteously in sin is like good and bad. No, it's life and death. So not only did Jesus die, right? Not only did he die for our sins, but he overcame death for us. He overcame sin for us. He knew what he was paying for when he died for you. He knew that you would keep making mistakes. He knew that you would fall short. He knew that you didn't have enough to make yourself righteous. So what did he do? He stood in your place. That's the gospel. That's the reckless love of God that we were singing about a couple minutes ago. This is the gospel. Not that we were good on our own, but that Christ came and lived a perfect life and died and was the perfect sacrifice and came and overcame death so that we can have life more abundantly. Not so that we can have a good life. Not so that we can have many paths to heaven, but so that the one path that we can take that we knew that would work each and every time is the path of Jesus Christ. Follow me. Follow me. It's an invitation. It's not condemnation. Follow me. Now, there are many of us here this morning that, that are just like the rich young ruler, that think that we have it all together, that think that we've done all the good things, that think, well, I tune in to, to five services a Sunday now that we're at home. I'm doing good stuff. I touch my Bible before I leave the house. I say, God is gracious. God is good. Let's thank for our food. Amen. For every, for every meal. 
There's not enough good, man. There's not enough good, sis. But listen, here, here, here's the flip of that. There's not enough bad that you could have done for, for Jesus Christ not to save you from. Remember, it's not good or bad. It's life or death. It's not, it's not what's righteous and what's bad. It's between life and death. God is trying to point you towards abundant life. Here's the invitation. If you are here and you are listening to today's broadcast and you're saying, look, I'm tired of doing, the, doing all these good things and I want to know more and more about this gospel, about this truth, about this way. I want to know perfect love. I invite you to believe and accept Jesus into your heart. I invite you to not just be sorrow, to be uh, sorry, but to be repentant. Listen, sermons like these can, 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 can cause the, the puppy dog tears, but let me listen. This is a decision between life and death. Choose the gospel. Choose life. There, there, are so, there are so many people that are posing to be Christians that aren't Christians because they try to take the ways of God but, but deny his power. They try to take the ways of God but, but deny what's going on. It, it broke my heart. I was watching a documentary and it was at this, this, this like self-help thing and, 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 and they do all these different things and this young woman shared her heart. She shared her testimony. She had said that she had been raised up in a church but this church's whole theology was that in order to show love that you had to have sex. So they were abusing these young women and these young men saying that they were showing the love of God. But she knew in her heart, this isn't God. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's tugging at me, but I know this isn't the love of God. I've never experienced love, but I know this isn't the love of God. At that moment, I'm watching like, she's right there. She's right there. She's right there. Where's the pastor at? Atira, come and play the piano. She's right there. Let's get this girl saved. And what does the guy say? He's like, you know why you haven't experienced love? It's because you are love. Wait a minute. So this guy manipulates and uses people by, by the principles of God. But he, he denies the power of God. He denies the role of God. So it's important, don't be fooled that, that, that this isn't just a collective of good ideas and good principles and proverbs. This whole book, from the beginning, from Genesis to the end of Revelation, points to one person. That is Jesus Christ. This isn't a good book in which you're like, look, maybe I should live by the Levitical law. The Levitical law preaches and directs itself towards Christ. Well, maybe I should live like the judges did in Old Testament. Maybe I should live like that and, and be able to do that. Well, those judges didn't stand good enough so that we had, to, we had to have a perfect judge, and that was Jesus Christ. They looked for a person to govern them. They looked for a king, and they realized that the king wasn't good enough, so they needed a perfect king to rule over him, and here comes Jesus Christ. They, 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 they needed a prophet in order to speak the word of God to them, but, 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 but they kept killing the prophets. So Jesus is like, look, I'm going to come speak the word because I am the word. I am the truth. There is no filter. There is no sin. So here comes the gospel. Amongst all the foolishness, amongst all the works of the enemy, amongst all the manipulation, here comes the gospel. He's here inviting you. 
Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for making a way for us. Not a bunch of different ways, God, but making the way for us. That is through you, Lord. We are not saved by works, God. We are not saved by good things, Lord, but we are saved by grace through faith in you, God. We have no reason to boast, God. We have no reason to lift up or magnify ourselves, God. We have no reason to have pride, God. Because you did it all for us, Lord. You showed us perfect love, God. God, and we thank you for that. God, we are not here just sorry. We're not here feeling sorry for ourselves, Lord God. We are here ready to repent for the sins that we have committed, Lord. And and we are willing and able to turn to you, God. God, I pray that you meet us wherever we're at. God, the prayers that I pray are heard by you, Lord. That you show up in our homes today, Lord God. That you show up in our living rooms today, Lord God. That you show up in our family rooms today, Lord. That you may live and dwell and abide in our hearts, Lord God, as we abide in you, God. Give us clarity, Lord. Give us your spirit, God. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.